the Missional Life Podcast, inspiring kingdom-minded believers around the world to live the mission of God in their lives. All right, welcome back to Missional Life Podcast. Today we have Haim Mailspin on the show. He is the director of Aliyah Return Center, an Israel-based nonprofit that helps Jews return to their homeland and integrate them into Israeli society. Haim, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thanks for having me. So honored, so blessed. You guys are doing a great job yourselves, Dan and Amanda. <laughs> Thank you so much. Hey, you know, for for those of us who really are kind of cutting our teeth on this, really don't know a lot about this, can you help us understand what is the meaning of Alia and can you help us understand it in terms of, you know, what that means in today's world? Well, absolutely. I, I like how you said in today's world, because yes, it is an ancient biblical promise. And I'm talking 700 times. God says, I will gather you. I will bring you home. Like Ezekiel 36, for example, I will gather you from all the nations that I scattered you. Meaning this nation became desolate. All the people, you know, King David, Jesus, everybody who was living here in Israel eventually were kicked out. The temple was destroyed just as Jesus said it would. We were kicked out called diaspora, kicked out. But God says in my everlasting mercies, and in my promise to your forefathers, like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, I'm going to gather you again. And that is true today, not just like back from Babylon or Persia or something. I'm talking right now, there's a great ingathering, an influx, which even before 1948, but 1948 is our birthday. We're about to be 75 years old, not very long. America's what, 275 or something, almost years old. And so we're 75 uh, years old, but yet we're 4,000 years old since Abraham. Mm. So, you know, but yet there's truth to this 4,000 year old promise. I will be your God. I'm going to actually come dwell there in Israel. Jesus is going to, this is going to be mission central for Jesus, you know, Jerusalem. And I'm here in the Galilee, of course, and I'm seeing with my own eyes, these promises from the land of the North. Well, that's Russia and Ukraine. Oh, there they are. There they come. And so I see them come from the south. I shall gather you, you know, in Isaiah. And you see them right there. Isaiah 11, 11 exact places mentioned are there coming. Sheba, Kush, Elam, Hamath, uh, the islands of the sea. So I see them coming and I say, wow, we get to be part of it. And in short, the Aliyah Return Center, that's what I do, is a free housing, clothing, shelter, food, job training, Hebrew, uh, all kinds of fun stuff to really show the love of God to people really need Jewish people who they're not all rich. Nope, they are not. <laughs> Many are destitute and need just a little tender love and care. And that's what we get to provide or privileged to provide. Thanks to people like yourselves, actually. Wow. Help us understand though. It sounds like more are coming. Why are so many Jews doing Alia in today's world? And do you have any statistics or numbers on it? Yeah. Well, so again, just to answer the word just a little more is that Aliyah, it's a Hebrew word and it means to ascend, but the connotation throughout the Bible and in modern day, it means the return to the promised land, this land of promise. That means there's a promise over this land, right? It's not just called the promised land for a fun sounding gimmicky set. No, it's, there's a promise over this land from God and he's doing it. So numbers. Yeah. Well, in 1948, you had just, well, since the 1800s, you started to have a trickle. You would have a few thousand and more, and then 100,000 and then more until you you had waves, waves of Aliyah, each getting more. 
till finally the biggest wave was wave is like a surge was and it, we're a very small country the the whole country is the size of new jersey so keep that in mind when you mm. you think big numbers and you're in america really big numbers and americans like big numbers the whole country today only has just over seven million jewish people nine million total including arabic citizens here and uh so the, the biggest wave that we had was in the 1990s from, well, 1989 to, to like 2000 and just over 2000. So you had there uh, two, let's see what it was around. It was, it was, a, it was about two point something million people that were able to arrive and they all don't know the language. They all need to be absorbed. They all need to be, you know, trained in jobs. They need to understand this country that they're in the dynamics a culturization. And so that's where we come in to really uh, be that tender, loving care. But numbers, they still come. I'm talking right now, right now, uh, just since the beginning of the year, just since the beginning of, of um, 2023, you already have more than the beginning of 2022. I mean, even though it's just a few thousand, that's it's just ever growing. And, and I look at the Bible, though, and I say, wait a minute, God said this would happen. God said, I would gather you. He says that it's, it, you know, I'm going to protect you. And that's a big thing with war looming. It feels like come to Israel and you're like, where's just a day off to just do a picnic? And yes, people do picnics. But yet with that, there's this feeling like, oh, I see they're bringing missiles into Lebanon, Hezbollah and into Syria, you know, and ISIS and, and so on. And God says he will do something. Not just gather us, but protect us and prosper us and prepare the way of his return. Will it get ugly one day? Yes. But there is a season of ingathering, and that's called Aliyah. Wow, that's incredible. And so when they come to the when they come to Israel, where are they coming from? You said you kind of saw, surround you talked about the surrounding areas, right. but are they also coming from the US or you know South America yep. or you know Asia? Or what does that look like? Yes. So, so truly there are two different, um, let's call it drivers of Alia. Cause what causes you to just wake up one day and say, I'm going to the promised land, kids pack your stuff. What, how do you get to that point? Well, there are drivers. Okay. It's push factors and pull factors. Uh, and these go, and I, I, I do a Alia news. Just, I go over all the different pull and push factors every week. I put out an Alia news update with what's going on throughout the globe because every the diaspora or the scattering of Jewish people after the temples destroyed that's in 70 AD so after that the romans just I mean, people ran for it we were being killed of course you know there's torturing that happened even in other places like rome and and all over had to hide in catacombs and so on but back to the scattering was so large that you'll find Jewish people everywhere in almost every country you'll find just a few here a few there i have a chart with numbers of how many jewish people are in each country why do i do that because the government has 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 these numbers but it's because i know one day they're going to make their immigration here so yes i see push factors they could be sorry i'll start with pull factors pull factors they could be hey we're going to give you a free stay when you get here for free we're going to give you job training. We're going to give you Hebrew school. We're going to give you a scholarship for higher learning if we can. We're going to take care of you. You'll have you'll have clothing from the clothing distribution, furniture from the furniture di distribution. You'll get a lot of help. Those are like pull factors. And we're going to help you. We're going to furnish your apartments. This is all shipped over by Christians, by lovers of the Jewish Messiah. 
And mm. so this tangible thing is almost like a fishing lure. It's a bait. And it's funny. It's a, another Hebrew word. Bait is house in Hebrew. It means house. So it's like where the lure, the bait is actually housing. That's the draw. But there's also push factors. Those are pull factors. There's also push factors, pushing. And that's called anti-Semitism. And that mm. is, you see that in all kinds of countries like Hungary, has the Yabuk party, which is a, they fly swastikas. There's, you know, different no-go zones where, um, where just Muslim run areas, which are not, uh, which they don't want Jewish people there in France, different places uh, around the world. And you'll see them even, even in places like Ethiopia. Anyway, without going into it, even in England, uh -huh. even in the USA, there are also push factors where Jewish people say, Hey, you know what? That whole promised land thing, Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time I give that a just get the paperwork done and see what happens. They don't know how hard it is when they get here to live here. They don't realize it's not as easy as they might think. But that's where we come in to try to ease ease them in as best as we can. It's not like walking on water when you get there. It's not easy. Just, you know, stuff like that. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's not a walk in the in the water. Yeah. Walk, yeah. walk in the water. Yeah. It's, by the way, I'm at Sea of Galilee. That's where I live. That's where we have all of our operations here at the Sea of Galilee. And it's just ever-growing operations of, of just helping people. And, and of course, Jerusalem's two hours from us. You know, south, we're up in the northern part where all the nature, where people go jet skiing, water sports, horse riding, hot springs. That's this kind of area. Jerusalem's more throne room. You know, it's everyone's dressed proper. Here we just wear shorts and we don't care. But there, they're all like, it's just kind of different dynamics. So you mentioned, you know, people, the kind of the push and the pull factors. And I know that uh, it was a number of years ago, but you and maybe your family actually did Alia as well. Tell us about what was, what were the kind of the push and the pull factors for you guys? And what was that experience like for you? Yeah. Oh, thanks for asking. Um, So we're a family of eight of us. I remember my dad, even before we were, you know, I hear stories even before we were born. My parents says, you know, we're not going to have kids right now. We're going to make our Aliyah to Israel. And now we're six kids later and we were still living in the States. And they just never had that moment where I call it the Kairos meets the Kronos. So Kronos is like a little tick, 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 you know, Kronos. Tick, 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 tick. And then the Kairos is a, somewhere in there. There is a moment it's like 11 o'clock or whatever it is. There's a moment. 11, 11 is the moment I always notice 11, 11 and it's time to go. So there we were in our, in our, we had this meeting. We were even singing Alia songs. We're reading these Alia verses. Maybe, you know, an Alia song. If I start singing one, you might even know it. Uh, then the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing. That's yeah. an Alia song. The oh, wow. redeemed. They're going to come with singing into Zion. Zion. That's over here. See, physical place. What I try to do is I say, guys, there's a real application here to these promises. That's from, this is from a Hebrew prophet that penned those words, you know, and come with singing into Zion and everlasting joy will be on their heads. They will obtain, you know, gladness and joy and sorrow and mourning will flee away. Hey, they could put a verse in at the end. And sorrow and mourning will flee away. When the Aliyah return center helps them, you know, <laughs> <laughs> love it, so, <laughs> and introduces them to the love of the Lord. But my point was, we were there in the United States. They had six kids after they thought they were going to have no kids, 
Uh, and but reading these, singing these songs, reading these words, I was ready to ask for a sign. I said, when is time to make Aliyah? We can't just talk about it. Are we going to actually move to the Middle East, which I've never been on a plane before? Uh, I mean, we're going to move to the Middle East. Oh, what's over there? It's mandatory army service to defend. Everyone has to take their turn to defend the defenseless in the defense force. Oh, my. Uh, and you have to, you know, how are you going to get it? How are we going to speak the language? Our Hebrew isn't that good. You know, how are we going to get a job? What what am I going to work in? They don't they don't do a lot of woodwork. Anyway, all these questions, you know. So I said, I'm just going to get a fleece from the sheep farmer, put it outside. If it's wet, everything else is dry or it's dry. Everything else is wet. I'm going to say, guys, it's time to go to the promised land called Israel. And uh, wow. and my dad says, God will give us a sign. All right. So I go to the we go to this meeting. In walks a man with this long white hair, long white beard, and his name was Zebulun. Mm. And by the way, I'm living in the land of Zebulun now, the tribal mm. land allotment of the tribe of Zebulun and Naphtali, these northern tribes, you know, and of the 10 tribes, of, his, of, the, of, of the northern tribes, of the 12 tribes of Israel. So anyway, this guy says, I got a sign for you. So he says, come to the front. My dad comes to the front. Hold out your hands. He holds out his hands like that. And then boom. He places a satchel of gold coins in my dad's hands. And my dad says, what in the world? He said, this is Alia gold. Alia gold. It's for you. It's for you. It's a sign from God for your Alia. My dad says, guys, what can I say? It's time to go. That's that's the sign. There it is. How crazy is this? This is so wild that this it, it happened. And so we sold everything. We just said, all right, guys, goodbye. Everyone was crying. We said, we're going to, we're heading to the Middle East. And we realized one thing. We said goodbye. You get on the plane. You take a nap. You wake up. You're in Israel. And you know what, though? The hard part isn't getting on a plane. The hard part is living here in the Middle East. It's different neighbors. It's not Canada and it's not Mexico. You've got, got the, you know, North Africa, Saudi Arabia, Jordan, you know, Gaza. You've got Lebanon, Syria, you know, Iran, just over a couple of hills, Iraq, a couple of hills over. And you start to say it's a different it's a different life here. It's a different place here. They don't wait in lines. Everyone just cuts lines. That's like a way of life. It's it's a different thing. And so I realized people really need help to get a culturized, get the culture, you know, get attached, integrated. Say they're an expert surgeon, like some friends that from Ukraine now that have come. We also have people from Russia that come, Jewish people running from the war. They're from Russia and some from Ukraine, like no fighting. This is Israel. You must come and get get a hold of what's going on here. Get read these Bible verses. Learn learn why you're here. Because it says, "I will gather you from the land of the north." All that is to say, though, the hard part is when you get here. Wow. So, how old? Just curiously, how how old were you when your family moved from the U.S. to Israel? Yeah, I was age fifteen. So okay. it was still pretty adaptable. That's I speak fluent Hebrew, of course. Read, write. Shoya shoya Arabia. I wish I knew better Russian because of so many um, Russians that come, and uh, yeah, and Russian-speaking peoples from the former Soviet Union, former USSR, that are here. Yeah. But um, yeah, I was 15, and when we finally arrived here, yes, I had to get a few years later go into the army. Had to. I'm now on reserves, but I'm a Sergeant Major now in the, in the IDF, in the Israel Defense Forces right now. 
And can and you, so, can you speak to that a little bit just for people who may not be as familiar with that? I mean, just, you know, the requirements when you are in Israel to serve, as you mentioned earlier, what does that entail? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. So it's almost like an, an honor, honorable thing because those that have gone before had to go through like the six day war. They had to go through, uh, you know, 1948 war of independence, six day war, 1967, you know, 1973 Yom Kippur day of atonement war. And so a first Lebanon war. So I, my turn, I was, I was in the second Lebanon war and you show up there and you, and, and, and you realize Oh my goodness, every woman, every able-bodied woman must serve. Every able able-bodied man must serve. Uh, and they don't all have to be in combat. You know, even people in wheelchairs will still come and serve, which is amazing. Oh they'll God. come in their wheelchair and they'll oh do things. You can wheel up to a table, you can uh, punch some numbers in a computer, you can some can go water the gardens, some can go or lawn, there's no gardens, but lawns, some can cook. It with a, a prosthetic arm, whatever, you know? So people do all pitch in and it's a very big part of society here. And it, it you know, the, I never wanted to be in any kind of army of any kind, not, not in any country. Um, but then when I realized it's mandatory and everything, I, I prayed about it and I said, Lord, I want to just help. I want to rescue people. Be, put me in some sort of a rescue uh, unit and and stuff so it, it was it's really is a a time where the bible verses come to life where it says he never slumbers nor sleeps these verses all come to life he will never slumber nor sleep that watches over israel wow. and so then when you go into very dangerous territory with bombs and missiles pointed at you and you're just trying to defend the defenseless from attack from an onslaught of bevy of missiles and you say, Lord, are these words really true right now? Right now, are they true? And they are true. So <clears throat> that's amazing just to hear you say, like, you wanted to help defend people. You wanted to help people. And, you know, yeah. that was used militarily, you know, for that season. Yeah. But can you tell us how um, how the Aaliyah Return Center then, you know, just the history of that, you know, just the process and, you know, becoming involved in that and just the, the backstory of that. Yeah. Oh, glad to. Great questions. Um, Yeah. You know, sure. That's, that's something patriotic to help protect, uh, to defend one's country, to go through life, uh, you know, risking scenarios, which I had to do multiple times. Uh, but I, when I came out of the army and I traveled a bit, I went to different you know, places I went to visit family in America, you know, that I hadn't seen for a long time, for years. I went to Canada. I went to different places, came back and I would work in a job. I worked in everything I could growing up just to earn money. It's a very expensive country. And so I would do everything from caring for the elderly to waitering to I'm talking my younger years. Uh, uh, oh, what is it called? A um, furniture moving, moving company, painting company, carpentry building decks, pergolas, uh, porches, you know, I did all kinds of these things and many other things. And, uh, and I was good at it. I was making good money. And I realized though, I want to do something that's serving God in a most world changing way. I just want, I don't, I'm not content to be just like just working a normal job. There's nothing wrong with that. Everyone should earn honorably 
and and help uh, feed their family. And that's wonderful. But I said, I just, I feel that I, there's this calling to do something to really bless Israel, to show the love of God to people that are down and out, to people that are destitute, to people that are sad, those who mourn in Zion. So there's another prophecy. These prophecies start to ring in your ears. Uh, instead of the uh, uh, spirit of heaviness, a garment of praise and, and comfort. Yes, comfort you, my people. Isaiah 40, verse 1. Comfort you, my people. And so I'm looking at these things and I said, Lord, how? What, what would you have me do? And long story short, I talked to my wife and I said, didn't your, you know, didn't your dad work in some sort of a, and she said, he works in Alia. He would go after the fall of the USSR. He would go into former Soviet, he'd go into Russia. It was called Russia, like USSR at the time, Soviet Union, countries, even Ukraine. He knew all those names that everyone knows now. Nikolaev and Kiev and Odessa, you know. So he'd go into Belarus, he'd go to these places and bust them from the villages, poor villages, and bring them to where they could get on a plane and a bus and help pay for all that for money he would raise from Christians around the world that were so kind. And they he'd see them weeping and saying, we're going to the promised land. Wow. Wow. What a joy. What a gladness. So he's, he was very, uh, became very emotional. And that was after he read a license plate that said ROM1111, which he's like, he's reading this license plate. He's like, what in the world is that? And it's ROM, Romans 11, verse 11, 1111. And it says, this is the reason why salvation came to the nations of the earth so that they can make Israel jealous. It says that really clearly. So now that back to me, so then I'm like, hey, you know, I called him up and I said, what, how is the, you know, what, what's the, the end of that story? You help them and what are you doing now? And he said, well, I'm still helping people, but you know, they, they get stressed out when they come to Israel and they end up leaving. They get stressed out that it's just too much for them to handle here. And they leave big percentage, just say I'm out. So, and I said, man, wouldn't it be nice if they could have a soft landing? So I said, let's partner up. We talked about partnering up and we did, we ended up forming a partnership father-in-law and son-in-law he's in canada me in israel and now praise god, it's just grown we put god to the test we said lord if it's your will it's your bill because i didn't have any money opened up a charity who knew that you know i'd be meeting prime minister of canada uh, vice president of united states and uh president of israel partner uh meeting uh the the prime minister the just these meetings and things and People of all over the world that really do care about what God wrote in his word. And when they see it happening, they're like, this is not a historic book, is it? We're like, well, it's that too, but it's also a present day book and a future book. People sometimes get stuck either in far future or far past. Even when they look at Jesus, Yeshua himself, they're like, either he's a baby or he's a coming king in the future, or either he's de a dead guy or some uh, uh, cloud something, you know what I mean? But what about today? Where's the tangible proof of today and that we see that every day in Israel with the arrival of these people fulfilling these prophecies exactly? Wow. <laughs> All right, so I have a question. So I am, I am a new Jew. I'm coming back to Israel. Yeah. I've just stepped off the plane. I have no idea what to do. 
how do I connect with you? And then take me through the process of what does that look like to, how can I, what kind of help can I get from your center? How can you help me get acclimated and integrated into Jewish society or Israeli society? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's definitely a, there's definite need for integration. As I mentioned, many do leave and find it very hard, which one could say, where's all the milk and honey? I thought there's supposed to be milk and honey everywhere. And, you know, I see a lot of rocks. I just, to answer you, I had one guy who just came off the plane, like you said, a new immigrant, new Jewish immigrant to Israel, immigrating, and he just shows up, has nowhere to go, knows no one. And it's interesting. And he says, uh, hey, so are there like a lot of diamonds or something here? And I said, no, no, that's maybe Africa or something. No, uh, a lot of, you know, gold. No, oil. No. Uh, what, do, what do you guys, guys have? A, you know, I said, well, we got a lot of rocks, like rocks, just rocks. <laughs> right. <laughs> We have a lot of prophecies and a lot of prophecies. That's our main thing. More prophecies than any country on the planet wow. that these prophecies are going to happen. And many, 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 many of those are very good ones for Israel, even though they're not maybe taught so much. Very good things that God's doing and going to do. So when as soon as they land or even before they land, they could before they land. Let's start with before they land here. They could already have contacted our counselor in we have counseling that's done uh over zoom and said get these documents get these get those documents and help them then they could have applied we may or may not through our canadian through the canadian office return ministries be able to um help match make them with a church in the world where this church would help fund their container full of stuff or their whatever their oak furniture or whatever make their life easier to transition it's not like that for people from Ethiopia. They just have the Tom Sawyer little uh, little thing in the back, the Huck, Huck Finn little sandwiches and the little um, stick, you know, and that's that's all they have. <laughs> but some people come from other countries and they have other things with them. So let's say they got their stuff shipped over. Let's say they got all the counsel they need. Now they show up there and then they get stamped at the airport. Oh, Jewish family immigrating to Israel. There you go. There's your citizenship. At the point of citizenship, we come in, we say, would you like a ride from the airport? We can have our guys pick you up. Would you like a place to stay? If you'd like, you could be housed in one of our many locations of housing. Some of them very nice levels, some more like hostel level, still nice, but some's like a fancy villa. Some is like a hostel and come stay. Guess how much that's going to cost you? Nothing. Guess how much everything's going to cost you? Nothing. Uh, come, you, would you like to come in our Hebrew school? That's you're going to need Hebrew in the Galilee. When we showed up here, there was no Hebrew school. The government should provide this stuff, isn't providing it often or isn't able to often or budget cuts or whatever reason. We're stepping in the gap, standing in the gap. Would you like to be job trained? Come to the job training center. You will be guaranteed a job, you know, here. But you also want to just get a culturized. Hey, do you know that Holocaust Remembrance Day? That's tomorrow. Tomorrow. And. I mean, and so guess what? People are going to, there's going to be a siren. It's not an air raid siren. I mean, it might be an air raid siren, but there isn't an air attack. It's just a, so that you know, ever the country stops. Don't be scared about that. We're stopping. We're remembering 6 million lives lost. Okay. You prepared for this? Getting them involved, getting them prepared. You need some food vouchers. Here's a food voucher for the supermarket. You need a bag of food. We'll pack some cans. Here you go. Clothing clothing distribution, furniture, furniture distribution, and so on and so forth, soup kitchen down the road. So it's like giving them 
what they need to succeed instead of them just you you could have these fancy doctors just in the trash truck just loading trash that's all they could do because they never got the hebrew they were never empowered so master surgeons they're like they're like babies you know they could be a master surgeon in the russian language but then they come here in the hebrew language okay what can they do okay no you gotta know what's being said you know so that is really what we do once they're done staying with us and done receiving coming to our events coming to all the various things that i mentioned then we say all right let's be in touch give us your email let's be in touch and enjoy your life if should you choose to live here in the galilee we hope you'll stay in this area hey there's great communities here are you a believer in yeshua Hey, there's congregations. Are you not a believer in Yeshua? No? Hey, there's synagogues over it's regular. Hey, you can go to this rabbi that you can, you know. We have a great thing called no um an unconditional love, no conditions. A lot of people think they know what unconditional love is, but unconditional love means no conditions. Wow. Hey, are you a hippie? Okay. Well, I guess all right. Well, <laughs> we <laughs> and so we're able to really just be that um hands and feet, those real tangible love to people. Incredible. Now, is there it's like fun. someone that maybe you could share a story about that really stands out to you that are, you know, okay. for our listeners just to hear more about that? Yeah, it's what gets me going every day is these kind of things every day because, you know, no one wakes up in the morning. Here's my little motto, my little thought. No one wakes up in the morning gets their coffee and says, I feel like helping poor immigrants who don't know a thing about this land. I feel like doing that today. That's not really how anyone's day starts. <laughs> but however, when you're in the worship time, you're listening to these Alia songs such as, we call out to dry bones, come alive, come alive. Mm. Do you know that song? Yes. Yes. Before? yes. Yep. Oh, that's Ezekiel 37. That is a dry bones of the, this is, it says, and these dry bones are the whole house of Israel. People got to stop putting things out of context. It says, these are the house of Israel that are being gathered to the, to the Galilee. That's literally what that song is about. Literally, literally. I'm not saying that like millennials say it. It's literally <laughs> what the song's about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so they come to the Galilee and they are these dry bones. They came out of the Holocaust, skin and bones, and they show up to the Galilee, start the first kibbutzes and, and so on. In modern day, what I see to answer your question is Ukrainian war, the war, the Ukraine, Russia war broke out. We were helping people during COVID. We didn't get to have a vacation, get to read books. We just had to work the whole time <laughs> <laughs> with masks on, but no rest. Right. We just, all our team, about 12 of us, which is, again, a nice kind of number. I was like, 12 Galileans. Hey, in the Galilee again. The lights are back on. We're do It's round two and there is no round three. Let's go, you know. So anyway, now back to uh, what story? Well, the war broke out and we have those things I mentioned. And in come this wave of people, more than normal, like more than normal, like hundreds of people. And so one lady just wouldn't stop crying the whole time. And if you see a woman like crying, you're, you're trying to help them, but they're just crying there right in front of you the whole time. It's kind of like messes with you. And so 
I'm like, all right, keep it together. Keep it together. I guess she, what's going on? Oh, she doesn't know her husband is probably doesn't know if he's dead or alive. Bank card doesn't work. Well, you, you probably bank is probably blown up. Uh, oh, it doesn't know where your son is. Okay. 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 Just let's give her, give her some, give her some food. So we give her the food packages and Hey, she, she needs clothes. She's like, yeah, she's got these little kids. I'm glad we have the clothing distribution center. Okay. Let's get her the clothing. Then the story is she was sort of stopping to cry. And then she's looking around, looking around and starts wailing even more now. All right, what happened now? And then they said, well, her bag, translator, she had this one little bag and that was all, that was all she had left in her world to survive the next, she's just in shock. And now her one bag is gone. Maybe someone moved it. Oh, it's over here. Someone didn't, someone moved it. Okay, sorry. There it is. Gave it back to her. And then she's like, come to the, will you come to the event tonight? We're going to have a band that's going to teach some songs called Hava Nagila, other songs in Hebrew. Hava Nagila. Have you heard of this yes, song? Yes. And so she comes there and then she's still kind of like, and then she starts to try to hum like, and finally she starts to get it and she starts to dance. She starts to dance and dance and spinning. And at that moment, I thought, though, that is exactly what Yeshua would be doing if he was here, which is instead of a garment, it's what it says, a garment of heaviness. I will give you a gar uh, uh, instead of sorrow. I will turn your 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 weeping into joy instead of a garment of heaviness, mm -hmm. a garment of praise. You know, and it talks about this transformation so I, when I saw that, I was like, this is, this is worth more than a million dollars. These scenes where now she's, she's getting it. She can sing the songs of Zion, dance the dances of Zion. And, you know, and it's all going to be okay. Wow. That's <laughs> just so beautiful. Wow. Yeah. So I know, you know we were talking about music and we talked about kind of worship and prayer. You have mm -hmm. something to come up in May that, it's going to be exciting. And it sounds like you're connecting with believers all around the world. It sounds like it's just kind of really bigger than you anticipated. Tell us about what's coming up in May. Yeah. I mean, wow. What a, what a divine appointment. Now, I don't know if you know, but the word Pentecost, so Pentecost, there's a lot of words that came from Latin in the English that are used. And a lot of people don't know what Pentecost is because Penta doesn't mean one the main key. Penta doesn't mean one. So it's 50. It's a 50 count. Penta cost 50 count. There's 50 days called the Omer count in the Bible. This is biblical, not like some rabbinical. This is the Bible. It says there's 50 days after Passover up to the last day, the day of Pentecost, which is really the last day of this first fruits festival where we're bringing these Omer sheaves sheaves before the lord and we're saying here's our harvest lord here's our harvest every every evening and even tonight and uh and so what it is 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 it's exciting that during this time suddenly a friend of mine like i, I used to go to the one thing conferences i used to go uh back in the day and frequently would go to ihop which is not the pancakes it's the international house of prayer mm -hmm. kansas city and uh and so I became, long story short, I had met Mike Bickle a few times. You know, he's over there on the stage, whatever. Met him here and there. And then what happened, what crazy story, 
you couldn't plan this. I got COVID one day as I was on a speaking tour in Kansas area throughout the United States. I ended my United States tour in Kansas and I got COVID. So I went to quarantine, went to the quarantine. And as soon as I was, and I was right, I didn't even notice this, but it was right actually outside the International House of Prayer. And the same thing, my father-in-law, remember I told you I was, I uh, partnered with my father-in-law to start the Aliyah Return Center. I told you a bit of his story. He saw a license plate uh, with ROM1111 on it. So he also had got COVID. He was also unable to make his flight because he lives in Canada. I live in the United States. I live in uh, Israel. So I was unable to fly back. So I finished my quarantine. He finished his quarantine. And then we said, before we fly back, let's go. And the whole time we're thinking about IHOP. And this is in 2021. So a few years ago, a couple years ago. And so we go into the house of prayer and I see on the wall, it says, you will raise 100 million intercessors for Israel. Key part for Israel. Wow. So that Dean's like, that's curious. That is curious. His name is Dean. And I said, that is curious. What is this about? And so, you know, we said, maybe we should ask one of the staff. I mean, one of the staff, because we didn't really know Mike so, so well. And we will ask one of the staff and he was praying that whole time. I was praying this whole time. We were all geared up and praying. And, and then Mike Bickle was there and he said, Hey, you know, we'll come and, and talk to you about this. And he said, there was this farmer without going into it, some farmer, uh, there's a whole story backstory. A farmer gave this prophetic word that after the chiefs win the Super Bowl, I think the second time, then there would be, there's Truman property, you know, United States President Harry S. Truman, his his farm would be given supernaturally, wild prophecy, given supernaturally to him, to Mike Bickle with a prayer house. And he had a 600 acre farm. So I guess a bunch of that was given to him after the Super Bowl. Second, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl the second time. And then 100 million intercessors would arise. And he would be part of this. And also even before that was start this prayer thing, which will touch the world these prophecies and so he's telling us this and we're like okay so what's going on with it you've been around for 40 years doing this thing called ihop 40 years and 24 of those have been day and night night and day prayer day night night and day some of that praying for israel so what's going on with it and this is the story is then he says you know what nothing really praying for israel I and mean, we do a little shift here or something you know but nothing really and I, I don't know if you know, but people throughout our existence give us, have been giving us gold and silver, rings, earrings, necklaces, diadems, heirlooms, giving us gold and silver. We melt it down and we make rings and give it to Holocaust survivors. That's what we do. And uh, that's something we've been doing. So I happen to have with me some gold that was given to me, an ounce uh, of gold. So Troy ounce. So... I remember saying, uh, I remember saying, oh man, this is such a moment. This is such a moment. And he's telling us, you know, nothing's really happening. I said, but you got the Truman property. He said, yeah, it's waiting for the right time. But yes, we were given it supernaturally, just given the president's farm. It's right here. And, uh, and so then I just said, I said, you know what, Dean, I, I feel on my heart, I got to do something. So I said, Mike, open your hands. I feel it's time. The time has come. Take this. Bring the, tre the treasure. He said, treasure, come on in here. And he said, I believe, I believe. We said, 
gather the witnesses. We believe it's time now for the development of this Truman property and really it's time for a hundred million intercessors to arise. And, and I want to be the first to, I hope I'm the first to um, sow into this vision. And, uh, and, I, and, and I said, Truman was like Cyrus because he called himself Cyrus. What did Cyrus in the Bible? Do you know the guy called Cyrus? What is it? 45, Isaiah 45. This guy Cyrus of Persia, which is now called Aram, they have a different idea now. But then they were like, we're going to give gold and silver. We're going to support the Aliyah of the Jewish people. We, as Iran, was helping Jewish people to come home, be settled, and the, the house of prayer to be built. That's what they were doing. Wow. So same thing, Truman was like that. He was he voted. He was the first in the planet to vote for Israel to come back wow. in 1947 in November. Wow. He was the first of any nation to vote and he's in the UN and that's how we ended up coming back. Long story short, I said, there's a mantle of Cyrus over the United States and over this, it's gonna happen, let's go. So then fast forward really quick, a little time has passed, now it's 2023, some time passed and things are starting to move. And suddenly uh, my father-in-law, my father-in-law moves there to be with Mike Bickle to just help steward this kind of fire that's starting to grow of people wanting to pray for Israel. And we're like, well, it's not a hundred million. I see one, two, three, four, five. So we only need nine million, <laughs> nine hundred, ninety-nine thousand, uh, you know. And so we're like, well, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Still not a hundred million people yet. You know, so it's kind of like such a big number. You're like, hundred million, is that the real prophecy? Is that really gonna happen? Praying for Israel? Mm. Really? It's on the wall. Anyway, just seems it seems so extravagant and so amazing. And it, and guess what? We need it here in Israel. We need this prayer. We covet this prayer. We need it so badly. So just to wrap this whole story up, he's it's the 40th year now, 40th year of, of IHOP's work. 24 years praying day and night. And he says, we should do something. We should do something. Maybe some event, kind of like signifying 40 years. I don't know. We'll make some sandwiches. And and then Dean, my father-in-law, who moved there with him, he says, well, look, we need to invite the whole world to join, the whole world to join in. And I don't think they even fathomed what would happen where literally the whole world is joining in. I'm talking about countries in in up in europe down in, all through africa over in the east eastern countries singapore uh i'm talking asian countries over in the west south america north canada uh united states i'm talking people from all over the world millions millions of people so the dates that were put is and this is just this whole fast really i believe is going to be part of a shift even the chosen coming out even Jesus revolution, even there's things that are coming out that are all part of this zeitgeist, which means a, a sign of the times. And so this is just one of those turning, turning points, I think, in just our understanding, wow, Jesus is going to come to Israel and it's not that long away. We got to get ready. So that just to end is May 7th till May 28th, which is the final culmination of the, for, of the uh, first fruits. And the last day, there's the day of Pentecost. People are going to be converging at the Temple Mount. I mean, ah, it's, it's yes, Lou Ingalls involved, Mike Bickle's involved. Um, 
pe- people. I mean, a lot of different people from all over the world are involved. Um, I could start throwing out names, but this would make this interview a lot longer. <laughs> Is there a name that they're calling this this now? I didn't catch that. Yeah. Yeah. It's called the Isaiah or just Isaiah 62 fast.com. So Isaiah 62, which is, so Isaiah 61, of course, is the spirit of the Lord is upon me, is, is anointed me to preach uh, to the, the good news and bind up the brokenhearted and liberty to the captives. That's Isaiah 61. Isaiah 62 is all about Israel's restoration. And you will be um, no longer forgotten. You will be, you know, you can read it. It's all about I'm going to bless you, Israel. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to watch over you. And at the same time that this is happening, so much spike in anti-Semitism and so much spike in also violence. Our whole government has gone through such struggles right now. Here we've had in Israel, I mean, attacks. There's been, it's just a lot of turmoil, like a, a raging sea. It shows me there's something happening in the spirit right now, mm-hmm. which God's bringing in the heavy hitters. Hey, you guys are right here on this right now. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. So, yeah. Isaiah 62 fast.com. Amen. You know, as we're kind of wrapping it up, we want to be conscious of your time too. And, but um, what are some specific ways that we can, as you know, individually man and myself and our listeners be praying for you and pray, be praying for Israel right now. What are some strategic ways we can be praying? Well, I do have a prayer guide, actually, and it goes over really a kind of a covering of all these things, because for some people, a lot of this might even sound new. A lot of it, they might be like, I haven't heard half this stuff, Uh, because the whole subject of Israel is really a subject which is really a, what is it called? A galvanizing. Is that right? Galvanizing or polarizing? Mm -hmm. Polarizing. Polarizing. Some people say, oh, they're so bad. They're so bad. I've always hated them. I don't know why, you know, others, oh, I love them. I've always loved them. I don't know why. Stuff like that. (laughs) It's like the two opposite extremes, but they don't really say that so much about maybe uh, whales. They might, I don't know. Whales. I hate whales. You know, the country, (laughs) you know, I don't, I don't know. But my point is because there's a spiritual dynamic, it's just, you can't explain it any other way. You just can't. It's a spiritual dynamic because it's so clear. So I would suggest people start by reading Isaiah 62. That would be a very good start. Furthermore, I could send you, you could send to anyone who wants uh, or whatever. They could even go ahead and send to me to Chaim at AliyahReturnCenter.com. Send them a prayer guide or send them the um, the uh, Aliyah scriptures. When you start to read these Aliyah scriptures, because I'll tell you why, it's not something that's even really brought up in seminary. It's not always brought up in Sunday school. It's not always brought up in an average sermon. The Aliyah. Some believers who believed their whole life couldn't quote one Aliyah scripture to save their life. And that's, there's 700 of them. So it's like, wow, I can send you a list of just 64. Nice to just to get um, an understanding of what God's doing right now. Amen. So tell us one more time, your kind of the connection point, your website, and then just ways that our listeners can connect with you. Right. So there's actually two, two websites. One is more just the humanitarian aid and the other is, is the prayer and the discipleship school ambassador Academy, the prayer house. So I'll start with the prayer house one. Cause we're talking about Isaiah 62 
fast.com. So that right there is one that shows the whole prayer initiative. But so ours is faithful Galileans. So Isaiah62fast.com is all the countries in the world just joining in. And it's not an IHOP thing. It's it's a, just a together thing. It really is. It's not about Mike Bickle. It's about a togetherness. Actually, we're actually humbling our own logos and IHOP's taken down. It's 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 just about coming together. So our our website though is faithful galileans.com. Galileans, G-A-L-I-L-E-A-N-S faithfulgalileans.com. And there you can scroll on the menu and you'll see it says the Isaiah fast, the Isaiah 62 fast there on the menu. Our main website for helping the poor, that's aliareturncenter.com. Alia, A-L-I-Y-A-H, aliareturncenter.com. And uh, and so, yeah, so it's it's an adventure and I'm really excited to see what God will do. This is definitely a moment where something's happening. And I, I think people don't want to miss this one. And they can just not eat meat for 21 days and no sweets and no wine. And there you have it. Wow. 21 days. Not hard. <laughs> and pray for Israel at least one hour a day, worshiping and praying to the Lord and asking for his will to be done over this land. Listeners, we'll have those links in the show notes for you. Um, wow. I'm so inspiring, so amazing, so exciting yes, to hear what God's doing through you in Israel, all over the place, and uh, just how he's fulfilling prophecies now. And and we all get to see that happen. You get to be part of it in a different, unique way. Wow. So inspiring. So we thank you for being on the show today. And uh, we just pray blessing over everything you're putting your hand to. Mm-hmm. Well, blessings on you guys and your family. It's so wonderful to meet you. Can't wait to do the next one and to continue building these bridges yes. for his glory. Amen. Amen. 